What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Waterboy Podcast. Today, it is episode number 36. We've got way too much on the table today. MLB trade line uh, ended today, earlier today, about four hours ago. NFL news, we got the Deshaun Watson suspension, finally found out how long you suspended six games. Too long, too short, just right. I think everyone's complaining no matter what the length would have been. But uh, yeah, we got that. And then, of course, the Ohio State of the Union, we, we've got some updated uh, updated updated scares in the program that I, I'm going to be going over to start off this what a episode. good week for Ohio State fans. It, it's been it's been an atrocious week, uh, like for for a while, and it, it's it, it's only getting scarier. Uh, so I I mean, yeah, it, it's it hasn't been an exciting month. June was great. July not not so great. August off to a horrible start. Uh, but. In terms of anything else uh, we got to uh, go over. Uh, okay, actually, forgot to mention, but uh, like and subscribe to the YouTube, guys. Like, if you're if you're watching this video and you aren't subscribed right now, and I know most of you aren't, because I checked the numbers, over 80% of our viewers are not subscribed. Look, go click it right now. Brian, go click it right I know now. you're watching this right now, and you're not subscribed. Click it right subscribe. now. Go, click it. Right, go in the description. Right it's, it's nice. Good. It's big. It's red. YouTube makes it easy. Click it right now. Click it. Click it. And the like button. Click that one too. Click both. Click it. Share. And then or listen that. to it again on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify and rate us five stars. And then listen to it again. But sure. all right. Grandma. Uh, uh, Grandma with that being said, uh, let's get into the episode. All right. So to kick off the episode, I just want to say it is August and football is officially back. Okay. Training camp has begun. Pads are getting thrown up. Well, not, not quite pads, but helmets are on practice are going high school kids out there playing. I, I, the other day it hit me August 1st. And I remember my first, uh, high school, like training camp or, or hell week, uh, you want to call it or whatever. Like, I remember oh. that first time, uh, like putting on the pads, like in high school and like, that that those two weeks although it was i hated it at the time looking back on it that that shit was so much fun football season's finally here and Look, earlier to yeah uh-huh i mean if y'all haven't caught last episode with uh shay and kwan we we go over the introduction of the start of the season phenomenal episode go look at it but like great first, episode check it out we, we start fall camp tomorrow actually and i gotta be there bright and early rise and shine baby 5 a.m got a report so mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully, uh, all goes well uh, over there. But uh, yeah, f- football is officially back. I was scrolling through uh, my like score apps, like ch- check all, all scores for games. I noticed on Thursday, it- it's the Hall of Fame preseason game. I was like, w- wait a second, football, football is back. Holy you shit! Real in quotations, football, because I mean it is Jacksonville that is playing on Thursday. I'll take anything at this point. I, I just want to see guys out there playing football no, i don't you know care what it, i don't even you know care it, if they're eighth graders i'll watch anything grant's really into to um youth football. football yes but, uh yeah uh you know what would make thursday even more interesting though 
Urban Meyer was still the coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, that that obviously would have helped out a lot. Uh, maybe. Uh, <laughs> I, I doubt T. Law will play or anything. Wait, who who are the Jags even playing? Like the Raiders, I think. Or something? The Raiders. So I, I mean, I, I I doubt I doubt this early on they'll be throwing out like. No. It it won't be a very entertaining game, but it's football. So is Nathan Peterman still on the Raiders? Because if Nathan Peterman is still on the Raiders, you know it's going to be a fun time. Well, then that's that's must watch TV if that's the case. Uh, but you know we'll just have to wait and see, find out exactly. But uh, all right. Well, let, let's get into the Ohio State Union. Just, just had just had a shout out. Uh, football is officially back, but the Ohio State of the Union. So in the in the past like three, four, five days, Ohio State's just massive downturn uh in the recruiting cycle for uh class of 2023 so starting off top 100 corner out of florida Dijon johnson just decommitted and i'm I'm pretty sure he's committing to florida uh but you hate to see that uh even though uh according to my number one sources i actually had a, a 12-hour phone call this morning uh going over these uh new recruitment stories but after that lengthy phone call with my number one source he has informed me that although Dijon Johnson, according to these recruiting rankings, is the number one corner, according to Ohio State, he is not their number one corner. This kid, Jermaine Matthews, with one T uh, in the Matthews, uh, this guy is so good. And I swear, because he plays in the state of Ohio, they're just not bumping up. But every time he travels and goes to camps, he is dominating out there. And he is just full on that alpha corner that you talk about and think about. So, I mean, Hey, Denzel Ward was ranked like 230 in his class and look at him. So, I mean, I don't really care what this guy's ranking is. I, got, I, I know he'll produce. When your last name is Matthews and you only got one T in there, you know, he's going to be raw. Uh, I, I just, and he's, he's an Ohio kid, which, you know, extra grit factor out of Ohio. I Denzel's from Maryland, but, uh, Lattimore's from Ohio. Lattimore's got that Ohio grit, but, uh, yeah, so Dijon Johnson decommits, still have CSH after we uh, freed him from the kidnappers at Texas Tech, and we still have uh, Kyan Lee and then also Jermaine Matthews. So still have three corners committed. It's not the end of the world, but disappointing to see a top 100 commit go. But but this, this is the commit that's a little more upsetting for me. Ty Lockwood, uh, a borderline top 100 tight end who's been committed to Ohio State for like over a year now. This dude has been committed for the longest time. So he's been committed to Ohio State for a while. In the past two weeks, Ohio State signed another tight end, this kid Jelani Thurman. Pretty sure I pronounced that right. He's uh, slightly ranked ahead, but apparently they didn't tell Ty Lockwood they were taking another tight end, and that uh, kind of angered him a little. So apparently after the other tight end committed to Ohio State, Ty Lockwood went to a barbecue at Alabama and then he decommitted, and now he is committed to Alabama. So uh, my man Ty Lockwood flipped off a fucking hot dog at Alabama. <laughs> my, my man had a goddamn cheeseburger Dude, you gotta, with Nick Saban, and he flipped. If you're Ryan Day, you got to ask Nick Saban what brand of hot dogs they're buying and what to put in the hot dogs. I, What's going on at the barbecue down in Alabama? Because, I mean, Jesus Christ, like – a barbecue? God, what the hell happened at that barbecue? That's gotta I mean, be this dude fun. was committed for over a year. And this is the thing that's really weird to me. Ty Lockwood, usually Ohio State, a lot of players committed, like some of the bigger names, they are actively recruiting 
other guys to come to Ohio State with them, which is like you want that. You want your guys to be recruiting. This guy, Ty Lockwood, has been one of the more vocal guys in the class of 2023 recruiting other high school guys. And now he's just decommitted suddenly over a, a fucking hot dog. I'm so, like, God damn, a hot dog. Ty Lockwood, Jesus Christ. But I mean, this dude obviously wasn't that committed to Ohio State in the first place if he flipped off a barbecue. So, I mean, that one, that one was a little disappointing. And I'll be honest, going back to my number one source, uh, if you know, you know. Uh, but after that 12-hour phone call this morning, I'm now completely convinced Alabama's flipped to the dark side. Nick Saban warned the college football world a couple weeks ago, told his boosters, like, hey, I'm not going to be able to get the number one class every year uh, if Texas A&M is allowed to pay these players X amount. So, so Nick Saban got that money. Nick Saban got yeah. that booster um, backup. They, oh, Alabama now has the number one class. Yeah, they have number one, Notre Dame two, Oklahoma three, Ohio State four. Who cares about the rest? At the end of the day, after these, after those flips, shit, Notre Dame actually might finish ahead of Ohio State, especially after like Carnell, Tate, and Ennis are dropping in the rankings. I mean, honestly, Ohio State might might actually finish with like the fifth class in the country this year when they were one for I don't know the past three months or whatever. So. That happens with Ty Lockwood, but that angered me. But but this is this is the recruitment that really that really just confirmed for me Alabama has officially gotten the booster back of support. Nick Saban is officially uh, freaking like Darth Sidious right now, essentially. Okay, Palpatine. Richard Young, who's a top thirty running back, class twenty twenty three, five star, who was rumored to Ohio State or Alabama for a long time, was Ohio State's number one running back prospect, but. He recently committed to Bama, but apparently his recruitment at the end of the day came down to Bama and Oregon, not Ohio State. So, also, I want to keep in mind, two weeks or three weeks ago, another uh, top 40 player in the class, another running back, borderline five-star, committed to Alabama, class of 2023. Richard Young, another running back, ranked, ranked a bit ahead, but still another running back, also just committed to Bama. Usually those guys don't want competition with each other, but shit, he still went to Bama. Uh, and this is the thing. We know that Oregon is cheating. Uh, they literally got that kid's parents like jobs at Nike and like they're like announcing deals and stuff. Like we know Oregon is going just haywire in the NIL. So I wouldn't be surprised if Nick Saban called up this kid and said, if Oregon's giving you X, we're going to give you X plus Y to come to Bama. And he was like, yep. I'll sign the papers right now, coach. That, that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. So, so to connect this back to Ohio State, relate this back uh, for the State of the Union. Now, Ohio State is currently not cheating. They are not currently going out offering all this money to players to come. But, but if Texas A&M is able to blatantly cheat last year, obviously cheating with the amount of five stars they're signing from all over the country, if Texas A&M didn't get the death penalty for the shit they pulled off last year and instead they get rewarded for it and, and no punishment happens and now they're have a class to contend for a national title that's how stupid good their class oh, was i mean ohio state that, better like, start cheating jesus if you're not getting punished for it noticed, start like, cheating over like the last month and a half like ever since ohio's 
draft like recruiting class has gone down during that span. You've heard nothing from Jimbo Fisher. You've heard nothing from Nick Saban after they got in this huge argument over how, how I'll be I, honest. They, there was that, there was that argument between them earlier with the sec media. You have heard. And then immediately after that, they stopped talking and then all the players just start flipping to the sec. What is going on in the sec? Uh, you know, whatever. That's a connection. I didn't quite think of. I mean, those boosters heard them and they were like, okay, coach. These, we'll give you the money. This is what you get when you listen to the Waterboys podcast. This is Waterboys analytics at its yeah, finest. This, this is the type of insight that you get down here uh, at the Waterboy podcast. But no, like uh, seriously, since Ohio State's recruiting class has nosedived since June, you have heard nothing from Texas A&M or from Alabama. No, I haven't heard anything. Not it, a it's, it's like... Hmm. I wonder why. I wonder. Yeah, I, they just picked it up in the recruiting trail, put their head down, start working, working on the. No, it's it's just the grit and the grind. There's no cheating involved whatsoever. They they're just really passionate about football there. Well, I mean, Alabama I can get, but it's like the A and M is just like Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> that shouldn't be happening. It's like the Ole Miss all over again when like. Treadwell, Kendichi, Tunzel all went. It was okay, like, huh, wonder how much money they got to just randomly go to Ole Miss. Like what? Karma, karma, karma kind of got some. None of them panned out in the NFL. So at least there's that. Yeah. Was Swag Kelly on that team? Laramie, too? Laramie, 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 Laramie did. Yeah, kind of. Laramie good. Did, did Swag Kelly? Was Swag Kelly on that team? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he was a Q there exactly. Uh, Swag Kelly though, Mister Irrelevant hilarious that swag kelly was mr relevant but yeah that 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 dude's a mess we're not going to bring up swag kelly right now okay uh i I got two more quick little things of college football after uh state of the union so uh real quick uh pff college ranked their top five pac-12 teams is this anthony trash no not anthony not anthony trash but uh just pff college maybe this was an intern or something i'm not sure but top five pac-12 teams for next year number one utah not going to argue. Number two, Oregon. Okay. Number three, UCLA. Bold. Number four, <clears throat> Washington State. Number five, Oregon State. Uh, so, yeah, no USC on the list. Uh, PFF, what, 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 what you doing? Yeah. Like, just, it, like, it's, is Anthony Trash, is Anthony Trash getting you on the good stuff right now? Like, because I swear to God, like, you don't know. We literally said PFF needs to be banned from ranking college football. Now, like, like Utah won, no problems there. No, like that's Oregon fine. two, that. fine after last season. Sure, even though like they lost Cristobal and they lost Cable, whatever. Sure, put it two, but but UCLA three, Washington State four, Oregon State five, and no USC. PFF, I got a question for you. Can you name a starter on Washington's football team? Washington State. Cougars, Washington State. Respect. Sorry, Washington State's football team. Yeah, don't name, disrespect them. Yeah, they're tough. Name name a starter on Washington State's football team. No, yeah, I, I mean, it's just like, I mean, I guess it did good interactions, got good enough for me to, to bring it up oh, on yeah, here. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess like, they I mean, did their job right. Saying. But, I mean, if that's Look, I'm not going to sit here and lie and say 
I don't look at PFF stuff. I look at their fantasy football stuff, but when it comes to college football, it's all for the clicks. Everything. Yeah. yeah they, they've shown that. Uh, so a, another, honestly, this one, I, I'm not really sure if it was a click post. Like this one seemed pretty serious to me. 24 seven sports rank their top 20 coaches in college football uh, headed into the 2022 season. Quote their words. Number one, Nick Saban. Number two, Kirby Smart. Number three, Dabo. Four, Lincoln Riley. Five, Jimbo. Six, Ryan Day. So, just based off that list, I got a couple reactions. But, you know, I want to hear what you got to say first to that, you know? Fuck you, Jimmy Harbaugh. What I got to say. I said, fuck you, Jim Harbaugh. So, Jim Harbaugh on this list, they snuck him in at 10. But... (laughs) I, I won't be, I'll no. be that bad. <laughs> Whatever. Look, I, I do, I do actually love Jim. I, li- I like Jim Harbaugh, but I, I mean, it's just PFF just kind of took a dump on him. Um, but I think, I think Ryan Day is a little bit too low, especially after last year. I don't really know. Like, I understand Jimbo Fisher, like, Nick's it, like, right, like Nick Saban Prodigy, like, uh, beat Alabama last year, but I like Ryan Day had one of the best teams but like for this upcoming year has one of the best teams too i get that his coaching staff kind of imploded last year but i don't know okay if you were to rank those six coaches where would you have them saban kirby dabo lincoln riley jimbo ryan day where do you have those six i would say keep the first two the same kirby smart and nick nick saban nick saban one kirby smart two uh I would move Ryan Day ahead of Davo Sweeney. Davo Sweeney after him. Okay. And then, then Jimbo and Lincoln Riley. Or you could throw in a Brian Kelly in there if you're. Ben Lincoln want Riley. Want to represent the family? I can't. Ben I, Lincoln Riley. Then Jimbo that. Fisher. I think Jimbo Fisher rounds out that list. You think Jimbo's last for that one? I don't like. I'm not fully in depth about college football. Like I haven't been. The, the know it all head in college football that's more your thing than mine but from what i know that's probably about where i would put it especially as an outside perspective on the whole thing yeah you could just go off some brand name rankings uh but all right i, I i'm about to rip the, the shit to shreds okay i've got some problems first off kirby smart over dabo swinney what the fuck how the hell do you put kirby smart over dabo swinney in my eyes, Dabo Sweeney is firmly the second best coach in college football. I don't think that should be up for debate. Dabo Sweeney turned Clemson into a national powerhouse. You know, you know the way that they're probably looking at Clemson. This? They're probably looking at it based off of standings from last year. Now, yeah, no, they're they're obviously like egregiously reacting last year, but Dabo Sweeney is by far the second best coach in college football. Like that that is honestly not up for debate in my opinion uh i don't even need to debate that dude has one dude has two natties made the cultural playoff four times i think other than last year won the acc like every single year like okay come on clemson's two uh now yeah i i would keep uh keep kirby at three though i think kirby is number three right now besides Uh, his ability to basically lose like multiple top players justin fields um so yeah yeah he made a bad decision with the quarterbacks but it's like he 
he he does he does recruit very well. Uh, I, I have to I'll give him that. I'll have to give him I'll have to give him that. Uh, so I'd go Saban, Dabo, Kirby, one, two, three. Now for four, five, six, uh, Lincoln Riley, Jimbo, and Ryan Day. We're gonna start off with Lincoln Riley over Jimbo. Uh, let's just start off with this. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know why the hell they got Lincoln Riley above Jimbo Fisher. What the fuck has Lincoln Riley done to put himself ahead of Jimbo Fisher? If you want to say, oh, he had two quarterbacks in the Heisman, Jimbo had one. I was going to say that he So, does- I mean, you can't really have that when it comes to players. Jimbo has produced players in the NFL, too. So, you can't really say that. So, Lincoln Riley has made three college football playoffs uh, to Jimbo's one college football playoff with Jameis. Uh, so Lincoln Riley, though, he is 0-3 in the college football playoff. And a lot of a lot of those games were not close. They, they choked the Georgia game, but a lot of those games were not competitive games. And no one really thought they were going to be. But Jimbo, yes, he is 0-1 in his one college football playoff game, but he won the Natty with Jameis 2013, last BCS. So dude has a Natty. FSU. So I don't know, kind of has to mean something. Uh, so, and, and, you know, like at least right now you could argue like, yeah, I mean, Lincoln also Lincoln might have some more success. Like keep this in mind though. Like, yeah, it's also kind of on recruiting, but like the team that Jimbo Fisher has been coaching or has, has been given to coach at Texas A&M, would you rather have them or the teams that Oklahoma has had over the last couple of years? Now, when they both came into it, I obviously Oklahoma. Now I'd say Texas A&M. And that's why I'd say it's very well. Lincoln obviously did, but now I right. like, even we, we, even if Caleb Williams, all those guys throughout Oklahoma, Texas A and M's got a better roster than them right now. So right. Jimbo right is now. recruiting yeah. better. Yeah, and but I'm saying I'm saying when you're entering, but, but do you get my point? Where entering Lincoln's team was better, and leaving Jimbo's team is better because Lincoln. Yeah, I, I mean that Jimbo, makes sense. Jimbo made up for it in recruiting. So right. Jimbo give him the non-recruiting as well. So Jimbo for me is uh, the number four coach on this list in college football. For me, he's number four. Uh, I have Jimbo above Lincoln Riley. Now, Ryan Day versus Lincoln Riley. 0-3 versus a college football playoff win. All I got to say, Ryan Day, boom. You're putting Lincoln Riley at five. Six Ryan Day five. Six okay. I I it's just obviously that this one's a little bit more debatable, and you could be like, oh, Ryan Day hasn't coached as long. Ryan Day is thirty four and four as a head coach. The one thing that I will say, he's lost one. The one the one argument I think the one argument I think you're gonna get, and I guess it's kind of fair considering Lincoln Riley walked into a similar situation, is that the team Ryan Day was given was miles better than most teams that a head coach would walk into. He's picking picking up from where Urban Meyer left off. And Urban Meyer, regardless of what you think about him in the NFL, is one of, if not the college football coach. Well, okay, not the GOAT. He's number two behind Sabe. If if Urban was coaching right now, mm -hmm. I mean, that's like – Three ranks. That's where the that's where you're gonna Three get. Three ranks. That's where you're gonna get debated. 
him and Saban are the only two. Well, I know Urban's not currently coaching, but him and Saban are the only two guys to win natties at different schools. I mean, shit. If that if that's not an indicator that the coach is good, I don't know what else is. But Jimbo Fisher, Jimbo Fisher could be coming up on that. No, exactly. Jimbo has turned that around. Now Lincoln Riley has the chance to like really prove how he is as a coach if he takes USC to 11-1, 12-0 every year. And I I go, I mean, I am a USC guy, so I'm I'm obviously rooting for that to happen. But USC when Lincoln Riley and everybody first got like got their Caleb Williams transferred and everything, USC's like skyrocket. Like everybody was hyping them up, like thinking they're gonna win the, the natty this year. And now I don't think it was quite that far, but, defer- but definitely buzz back. Really yes. There was a lot of buzz. You're like, all right, they're gonna make the playoffs, like at least, right? Like they're they're like the mm, yeah. It, it's them or Utah best team in in the Pac-12. Yeah, yeah. Now it's all the way at the bottom. Like people are like, USC is not gonna be one. Of, they're gonna suck this year. USC is not gonna be good. Like like PFS list didn't even have them as one of the best teams in the Pac-12. Like there's been just such a contrast from when we first started and when now we're here, but right before the season started. So I don't know what happened. I, I mean, I don't take much account into those lists. Like, uh, like I'm, I'm just still waiting to really, but it's just like, we, it's we not don't just really that. know. Like, I don't, I don't really take any of these like rankings and thoughts into account to like, I don't it's know. not just that list though. It's, it's, it's just people in general are saying the same I, thing. I, I'm just saying like the people's opinions right now. I don't give a shit. You know, like no one knows shit right now, and so we, we gotta wait. We gotta wait. Wait a couple weeks, then we'll really find out what what's going on a little bit. And obviously, gotta wait till the season begins to really know what what's going are on in Los Angeles. No, so, yeah, but uh, yeah, I I would I I'd, I'd put Ryan Day just above Lincoln Riley. I mean. I don't know. I don't think that's that contentious. So, but, one Nick Saban, two I got, I got one Saban, two Dabo, three Kirby, four Jimbo, five Ryan Day, six Lincoln. I'd probably go, I guess, Brian Kelly, seven. Jesus. But, yeah, that, that's all I got on college football. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, I personally, the only other thing that I have for college football is uh, reports came out a week or two ago that Nick Saban apparently considered leaving Alabama for uh, for ESPN after the kick six. Wow. That's called being down bad. Wow. So that's the only other thing I had. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Um, All right. Well, we, we can jump into uh, some NFL now. Um, NFL action. Um, so yeah, I, I I got a fun fact, but I'm gonna scrap it because there's there's too many other topics to go on. So uh, I'll, I'll let you kick us off. Let's save Deshaun Watson to the end because I think we're gonna talk about that. All next. right. So let, let's save that one for the end. Um, you know I got a lot of possible topics here. Uh, before we get there, um, first thing I just want to make a general statement: whoever gave Julio Jones number eighty five on the Buccaneers jail you need to get in like you need to be jail and if that was julio jones's idea you have cataracts you need lasik what did he wear on the titans like eight or something because it wasn't 11 one seven five it was a single it was eight not sure maybe number but it's like it's julio 11 come on like 85 is just such a gross number for 
a that's wide receiver. not a wide receiver. That's like, such a backup like, look, number. I, I, I give exception you know? to like to like obviously Randy Moss or like eight. Like I mean, we're we're like a, there's a couple '80s numbers I give exceptions to, but the rest are reserved for tight ends. No, no. Well, 80, I, 80, I'm fine. Like 88, it just looks hard. Like, like 84, like some 80s are fine. Like 81, I'm cool with. 80. Borderline. 83 borderline. is so tight end. 84 85 is 84 just like is wide receiver. 85 is a literal practice squad number. Like I, 85 I'm is, you either, right is either a practice one picks player, 85. 85 like is either a practice squad player or it is a dis- strictly blocking tight end i would There's say no- 85 is the worst number in the 80s out of all of them i'd 80- say every other number looks better 85 85 is the fourth string tight end that gets called up off the practice squad when you're playing week 17 versus the bears no yeah i mean that might be my hot take of the week 85 is the worst number in the 80s to wear that that's just the ugliest it just it's it, it's visually unpleasing but okay Disgusting. uh let's start off uh because you know what this episode's gonna get uh a, l- a little a little gloomy a little bit with what we're about to talk i got so i got start something, with something positive let's i got start it something positive i got it so um practice started this week right practice started, like for you know camp started mm-hmm. yep camp um, going on football i don't back. know if you got to see this but with camp comes a, a new aaron donald technique that he likes to try out every year it's oh, brand new <laughs> this year he decided that his new technique is going to be choking out a player. So he, the lucky rookie, got to be his choking dummy. And uh, Aaron Donald just sits there, you know, puts his, puts his hand on the dude's neck and just starts choking him and pushing him back simultaneously. So I guess we know the new, uh, the new rushing technique for this year. Yeah, I, I'm trying to find this guy's name. I'm not going to find it, but I, oh, if no, I remember it, correctly, he was number 69. <laughs> his I, name I is literally correctly. Choking Dummy. That is his name now. Oh, the back of his jersey okay. says. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw a video, and I was, my favorite part was when that was going on. There was an assistant coach walking by, and you see him. He, he, he processes that Aaron Donald is choke practicing with a dude. He watches it and just turns the other way. Last year it was not. They're like, what Aaron says goes, man. Sure, dude, do it. Whatever you want, man. You're different. Go. I don't remember what it was. Next year it's gonna be like trying to catch bullets. Yeah, I, I still can't believe you had the nerve to say T.J. Watt was better than him. But my goodness, yeah. I mean, crazy things coming out of Aaron Donald's camp seeing those videos uh some some other fun news though some some good news good little reaction debo got his money three years 70 million i'm pretty sure there's also some uh incentives in there where he gets extra money if he uh achieves like certain rushing yard touchdown uh statistics so they they want to keep running the ball but they gave him that money guaranteed money you know make him Um, happy so uh real quick though my, my my reaction to this is uh well, well, do you have a reaction just for Debo real quick? I'm just surprised that he, one, wanted to stay there because it, it kind of looks like Trey Lance is not it right now from what I've heard. Um, but two, that he would sign a contract that requires him to run as much because last time I heard, he didn't really want to be rushing. 
Yeah, no, he doesn't want to do the that. The more you sure. run in the NFL, oh, yeah, exactly. Shelf life. Really, you're you're gonna have you're gonna end up retiring. And, and also, like receivers, also like they they have a shelf life as well. Like, so I mean, running backs even worse. So obviously, Debo doesn't want to. Uh, Debo wants that third contract, man. And speaking of contract, Debo's on a three year extension. Trey Lance, uh, will be scheduled to hit free agency around the same time as Debo. So. If the if these reports are true that the Niners have selected Trey Lance as their starter, all right, Trey, you got three years with Debo. You better prove yourself because after that, I doubt the Niners reside Debo. After don't, that, I I, I wouldn't. Don't forget that that Ayuk's there too, and Ayuk. So apparently, Ayuk is uh, Trey Lance's uh, favorite target. Fantasy that's, numbers. That's what I heard. Uh, and like you know, he he's got a Kittle too that plays nine games a season, so he's got that. Uh, He's got Elijah Mitchell, Trey Sermon still on the team. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened last year and why Brandon Ayuk just like played three games, but hopefully it'll be more for him. He he was a good player his rookie year. I I think it was, I think maybe those reports last year were like he was clicking with Lance and people thought Lance was gonna play. Maybe that was it. I I, I don't really know, but like, but like even last the- year people had Ayuk above Debo preseason. I remember like, fantasy and stuff. And then I just remember, like, oh, damn, Debo. Debo went off, not Ayuk. And then by week four, we we're like, it's Debo's team. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I just don't – because Ayuk's first year with Jimmy Garoppolo was his – I mean, it was his rookie year, and he was doing numbers. And then Debo, I think, got hurt, and then he came back. So that might have been why there was no, – I mean, there was no Debo, so someone had to take volume, but – No, yeah, yeah, I mean – I. I don't exactly know entirely what was going on there, but yeah, I mean, some positive news for Debo, even though they just got yeah. trade lands. Um, uh, but yeah, okay, we got some more uh, dim news now. No, um, no, I got, I got one oh, more. You got uh, more happy stuff? Kind of, yeah. If uh, don't have much of this today. Uh, everybody knows if you're uh, watching, listening to this podcast, if it's your first time, I'm a diehard Vikings fan, so um, we don't like the cheese heads. So um, I like to just kind of dump on the Packers, Aaron Rodgers specifically. Uh, he is the bad man, but that doesn't stop me. Uh, so from Warren Sharp, last year, the, uh, the Packers played eight teams against a Rooka, rookie backup or injured. A rookie. Rooka. That's a new term, Rooka. Uh, a rookie backup oh. or injured. <laughs> they went 8-0 and in those games. Yeah, you, you guys in Minnesota got some weird-ass lingo. But, all right. Outside of that, every other game, their record was 5-5 five and five in the other 10 games. That includes their only playoff loss in the playoffs, or I guess it, there was, they just lost, so their playoff loss. <laughs> so the Packers essentially are only good against bad teams, is what it seems like. Outside of that, they split. Yeah, I mean, Packers have a – have a bit of a track record not uh not doing too hot in the playoffs not, not not getting their way to the super bowl uh especially with the i don't know one of the, one of the best quarterbacks of, of all time uh as their franchise guy over the past i don't know 18 seasons or whatever but i mean yeah i i do think though what they have now is way way better than anything they had with mike mccarthy even though they won with mike mccarthy like they actually like i think 
having a defense is, is very important in the NFL and especially well, to win a Super Bowl. Okay. And to I think fair, they're prioritizing that a little the more. The Packers now. defense right now. They clearly are. They're, they're letting Tay walk it is, and stuff. It so. is very good right now, but the defense that they had when they won the Super Bowl with Mike McCarthy or around those years was one of the best defenses in the NFL. That like remind me of some was that like Clay Matthews? Was that like BJ Matthews? Was Charles that Woodson, BJ Robbie? <laughs> yeah, okay. Disgusting. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Yeah, but 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 I mean, it's just AJ Hawk was on the team, I think. Oh my guy, my guy. Uh, but but yeah, so, solid group. I think though, Packers are in a bit of a better position to succeed with a better defense, like uh, now a little more effort in the defense. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, that that that's uh, what I got on the NFC North. Uh, or what you got? You you got some Vikings talk? Want to get into right now or no? Yeah, uh, Vikings fans, stop. Stop breaking down the plays during practice because that helps the other teams. The Vikings. So the Vikings. Well, well, well. How good are these breakdowns? Are are we talking? Oh, no, like are legitimate you could win. actually listen to, or is it? Some no, like they, they found the play art. They literally found the play art and posted the play art for the play. Oh, oh, not film of the plays. Just the they filmed. Plays. No, so what happened <laughs> is the Vikings for their first like practice where. People could come like an open practice. They requested, please. Well, not- to be honest, I don't think they're, I don't think they're running too serious shit at. No, place. yeah, I mean, obviously, if it's an open practice, you're not running your like best plays that you're like gonna rely on, but they still are plays in your playbook. So, I'm gonna like, discredit that a little bit though, just because I, I think, I think they're, they kept the Vikings that in mind. Most NFL the Vikings asked, uh, all in attendance to not post videos of the plays online vikings fans being vikings fans as we do we're overly excited still post them online and um so then this is where this is where the uh abc comes in uh we had dudes sitting there for hours on end watching the film going into kyle uh sorry not uh uh, o'connell's previous playbooks and how do find... I get those previous playbooks? Uh, they just look up Rams playbooks from et cetera a year. Like, I mean, they have play arts. Just Google that and it shows up. Basically. Keep going, keep going. But um, and they have like archives, but they literally went through and looked at everything and they're like, all right, it's this play. And they posted the play art of what the play it was. It was like called flagship or something is the main play in question. But Vikings fans, you got to stop. We like we we gotta stop. We want to win some games. You play the Packers week one, man. Like uh, I'll be I'll be honest. I, I I am I am slightly confused as to how how these Vikings fans uh have access to prior Kevin O'Connell playbook. Like like so so here's here's my reason. Well, like Kevin I have probably seen examples of like three to five Ohio State plays in my life over the past like eight years. That have popped up, and I'm like constantly digging for those. And I feel like an NFL team would run their their ship a little tighter than a college team. And I feel like the college playbook might leak a little easier than the NFL one. I don't know. I I don't know. But I don't know how this guy found it. All right, but he found it, and it it, he got it. 
it was confirmed to be a play from the Rams playbook that Kevin O'Connell used on this play that was filmed. So, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, I I mean, whoever they are, the Vikings should hire that dude, though, because, I mean, if he can do that with our stuff, send him over to the Packers, get him to film some stuff, bring him back. Yeah, uh, but but yeah, uh, that, that happened. Okay, got, got some other news. Uh, Miami Dolphins have been punished for allegedly, I'm pretty sure they got punished for the tampering with like Tom Brady, Sean Payton. There was one other thing. Uh, uh, that was it. That was it. They did have it their uh, their tankings. Their tanking. Oh, that was it. But, that was unrelated. But real quick, is that is that a punishable thing? Yeah, you, you get punished it- for tanking if it can be proved, but it's not been proved. I mean, it's pretty obvious in a lot of cases when yeah, you're not it's just in the NFL. Fucked, uh, in a lot of know. leagues, you gotta. I mean, shit. Look at the MLB trade deadline. I think that tells you which teams are ta- Orioles. Uh, but I think I think we know who's tanking. Uh, you know, the NFL's integrity. You know, you can't you can't say that a team was tanking. Otherwise, it ruins the NFL's integrity. And Roger Goodell gets a whole lot of flack, so it's not allowed. The best part is, though, all the teams that are obviously tanking, they sneak in a win at like week. 15 through 17 every year against a really really top team every year last year was the rams i'm pretty sure last year the rams lost to like was it the jags oh my god they lost to the jags it was the colts to the jags the final also no the jags their two wins were against rams and uh colts yeah uh well you know teams that are tanking actively you know seek out a win one of those last two three weeks Unless you're the Lions and you're not actively tanking and you just suck. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, based on based on how the games went, the Lions did not play like they were tanking. Uh <laughs> they, uh, they did still beat the Vikings. So we're we're on to next season. But uh yeah, so uh Miami Dolphins have been stripped of their first round pick next year and their third round pick in 2024. Uh so, I mean, yeah, that's all cool and all Dolphins. Woo woo. Uh, my, what I was focused on, owner of the Miami Dolphins, Stephen Ross, uh, alumni of Michigan, who uh, the Ross School of Business is named after him. So that, that, that might be a, a bit of an indicator of this guy's wealth. But uh, he happens to be the owner of the Dolphins. And, and a couple of months ago, I heard from one of my Michigan friends. He was telling me he was a little bit concerned about what was going on uh with his role as the Dolphins owner he was thinking somehow it might impact Michigan in some way just like him his status like uh, as a booster at Michigan might impact it uh overall though this guy kind of got off like scot-free Michigan's clean so this guy's not concerned about uh Michigan side of things but but yeah uh that's what I was uh, here's my question though nothing really happened if he's if he's suspend suspended and I say suspended like with air quotes because he's not actually going to be suspended what does that mean uh, you can't you suspend suspend like what he can't go to the owners meetings that happen once a year in february all no, yeah that. yeah like what are, what exactly like like can he like not go to the games or like can he not speak i'm to sorry yeah in the team you know what he can't he can't go to the games he's just got to watch the games on his giant movie screen in his miami house no yeah um, i mean it's just just like but my question is, if he is suspended from the NFL for half the season, whatever, does that make you think he's going to put more money into Michigan? God damn it. Is this actually going to help Michigan? 
it might actually help Michigan. Okay. Uh, t- tell me what you think. I'm, I'm, I need to look up if like, this guy's getting my, my idea is if Steven Ross cannot really have any effect on the NFL for most, or if not all of the season, Oh, they only find him 1.5. He is still That's allowed nothing. to have his role with Michigan. Obviously. No, no, no. That, that's what I'm saying. There's, there's no interference with that. I, I was wondering like, if there was going to be some like massive violation might, or something. Like he might, he might actually give them more money to get players. Uh, what's his? Or my friend was thinking that he might get stripped of his owner as the Dolphins. I, I but like I, I mean, obviously, like it's it, it's kind of hard Look, to, to lose your ownership if, if nowadays. But they were proven to be tanking. I think that was that's what would happen. I think if if the NFL was able to prove the Dolphins of tanking, Stephen. Well, Ross I also be- want to know how bad this alleged tampering was, because uh, <laughs> I mean, well, apparently, Tom, it seems like it was. Down. According to the Dolphins, according that's to the Dolphins, they did not contact Sean Payton until after Sean Payton had already retired, and oh, they yeah. asked the Saints for permission, and the Saints mm-hmm. said no, and that was it. Mm-hmm. That is yep. a load of crap. Mm-hmm. according yeah, to the Dolphins uh mm-hmm. they uh didn't talk to Tom Brady until he was already a free agent that's a load of crap the Dolphins is that what not... they're being investigated talking to him while he was on the Patriots is that what yeah they're... the Dolphins were confirmed to be talking to Tom Brady not only while he was on the Patriots during the regular season how far back Don't but on the Patriots season before in his playoff game playoff game before the wait the playoff the final playoff game that he played against the titans or whoever for the patriots for the patriots that's when he was they talked to him before the or like during that time okay yeah i mean like honestly i mean shit i mean if if, if alabama is allowed to talk to to <laughs> Recruits as much as they want. Shit, man. It's the wild, wild west out here. I, I ain't got no problem with tampering. No, I'm kidding. Uh, obviously, obviously, there's a problem with that. The that, Sean Payton uh, thing is a little, a little, a little more do you weird. Think that, do you think that, that Belichick that has punishable, in my opinion? Do you think that Belichick had something to do with this? Keep in mind. Well, he, I, I think Belichick and Tom might have had a fallout halfway through that last season before they even got to the playoffs. Well, I, keep I, in well, mind. They may have had a fallout. Literally, like after they won twenty eight three, like before keep, they even keep won again. Mind, keep in mind, Bill Belichick heads accidentally texted Brian Flores about the whole ordeal with the the oh, Dolphins. Shit. Oh, obviously that led to other stuff. Oh, wait a second! What but are that you also here? led to this whole ordeal. What are you insinuating, Everett? I think I think that Bill Belichick got the Dolphins' first and third round picks taken. Do you think, do you think now, I don't know if Tom Brady told Bill about uh, the situation, but I wouldn't be surprised if Bill found out that Tom was talking to Dolphins. And so he's like, oh, I'm, I'm about to start fucking with their head coach, Brian Flores. Wait, wait, what, did he know? Wait, did, when this was happening, when was this interview with Bill Belichick and Brian Flores occurring? I'm very confused. Well, these texts. Like Brian Flores was already a head coach. No, 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 no. The text messages with Brian Flores was this year. Was was this? Oh, 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 that. Then yeah, definitely a possibility. Definitely a possibility. Well, kind of a dirtbag move. 
I guess Brian Dude, Flores isn't directly in the Dolphins anymore, Bill, but shit. Fuck it's it. Bill Big Balls Belichick. You don't think that he's going to be doing that? Oh, 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 no, 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 no. Now that I think it's more so, it's more so Bill knew he wouldn't have got punished anyway, but it just brings light to the situation to like get Brian Flores to start talking and be like, the Dolphins maybe tamper. Or dolphins maybe tank. I think that that there, that can make sense. Also, that just can just, make sense. just to make it clear, there's other stuff that Brian Flores was talking about, but but we're gonna push that to the side, and focus on this. Yeah, uh, just gonna clarify that. Yeah, we're about to get into a heavy topic with Deshaun Watson, but real quick, uh, I gotta take a piss. Uh, in the future, hopefully, this is when we have a message from our sponsors. But for now, piss break. So you know, Watson. you know. Uh, Grant's whole ordeal is that uh, COVID ruined his bladder. Just if anybody was curious why there's always a piss break in the middle of the episodes, uh, it's because COVID ruined Grant's bladder. I, I already went over it. I don't need to go over that again. That story makes complete sense. And you guys are saying, I, I've killed this water bottle throughout the, this video so far. And this Gatorade's also been like, I, I've been drinking, drinking throughout this pod but uh all right into deshaun watson maybe some might say this nfl suspension uh whoever was uh doing this list was drinking a little bit when before he gave out the suspension but okay uh deshaun watson uh you know what i'm gonna let i'm gonna let you kick us off with deshaun watson i, I don't want to start it off i'll let you kick us off what 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 are your thoughts on the six games? I get, I get the honors. Sean Watson. I, get the, I get the honors of going over this topic. How uh-huh. lovely. Um, all right. So if you're living under a rock, um, Deshaun Watson has got suspended for six games for uh, sexual misconduct, we'll say, uh, with 30 women, possibly more. Um, but I think it will what it like I, I obviously have no idea the exact number, but like it I could be I up swear to I've heard it was like 60 or something. I think it's it 30 official like court. Look, but if I, you want I don't my, know shit about my honest opinion is that it's a it's a load of BS. He should be suspended for the year and not indefinitely. The comparison that I'm gonna make is Trevor Bauer in the MLB. The dude's not coming back. And obviously it's different because Trevor Bauer's Trevor Bauer, pretty much over. Honestly. Trevor Bauer had like evidence against him, like concrete, like so. I I understand that it's words. Well, for- well, well, this thing about Bauer, real quick. Uh, I I actually f- finish your point. I I I I need to pull this thing up real quick. Okay. So so the- Bauer Bauer obviously there's there's more to his situation than Deshaun Watson has, but regardless of that, Trevor Bauer had the ability to get reinstated in the MLB and is still not, he's not coming back to the MLB. His career is done. Deshaun Watson gets a little light tap on the wrist, six game suspension. Uh, I think that that's pretty heinous. Also just to note, in case you are curious, uh, Calvin Ridley got a full. Well, well before we get, before we get into that, I, I want to finish up on Bauer real quick. Cause I, I got a bunch of cases that were, I'm about to compare this case to. So, Trevor Bauer got a two-year suspension from the MLB for, I'm pretty sure it was two non-criminal sexual assault allegations. Uh, Deshaun Watson so far has, uh, I'm pretty sure has gotten 30 official uh, like cases or whatever it's called for sexual assault. Trevor Bauer got two. I'm also pretty sure Trevor Bauer settled with a, the one, like, I'm pretty sure it was with just one fee- one woman on two separate times. 
but he settled with her. Uh, Deshaun Watson also settled. Just, just the difference though is like Trevor Bowers was two cases. I'm pretty sure Deshaun's thirty. I'm pretty sure Deshaun thirty Watson cases only settled with like four people. I'm pretty sure they just announced he settled with all of them. Oh, with all of them? I, yeah. Like to be honest, another thing about Deshaun Watson's case, I'm I am pretty sure all thirty cases have been settled. So the justice system did not find Deshaun uh, Watson guilty of any charges. Same thing with Trevor Bauer. He was not found guilty of any charges. Prosecutors did not find him guilty for anything yet. MLB and NFL still uh, stepped in. So, okay, real quick, uh, before before we get to the – or let, actually, let's do the Calvin Ridley first because this is a different so- – just the one thing that I will say more about Sussex. the NFL itself, which I would presume includes Roger Goodell as the, as the main entity, wanted to suspend Deshaun Watson for more games. They wanted him suspended for a long period of time. Uh, the NFLPA is the one that worked it down to six games specifically. With that said, Calvin Ridley was suspended for betting on his own team to win. Not to lose, to win, mm-hmm. which still is not like a hundred percent lock. Like he's not, it's not a lock. Like it's not like refs throwing the game or something. Well, I mean, he was betting on the Falcons. That parlay lost before it even started. So, but he bet them to win. Yeah. That's my point. Like you walk in, I have no on the problem Falcons, with betting on your team to win. If you're betting on the Falcons, you're walking into that knowing that you're probably going to lose money if you're betting them to win. So, props to Calvin Ridley for having the balls to do that. Like my other thing, players should be encouraged to bet on themselves. So they, my, they it's, like, it's like a contract bonus. No, yeah. Like, if anything, they should be encouraged to bet on themselves. But Why would you not like, want them to have some money incentive for the game? Like, what? But, like, <laughs> whatever. Josh Gordon was suspended 25 or more games for smoking weed. I'm pretty sure 30 sexual assault allegations or cases is a little worse than smoking some weed. I'm also, correct me if I'm wrong, but I. I think the NFL like stopped testing for weed. They just they just stopped like last year, two years ago. Also, you know, Poor don't Josh. forget that. Uh, but I, I'll be honest, I'm pretty sure. According to some sources I've heard, uh, Josh Gordon was not only doing weed. Probably not, but that's and I just not said doing that weed. Mean, that doesn't mean to be I, this argument. Um, but the last DeAndre Hopkins suspended for six games. Same amount as Deshaun Watson for using PEDs that he was unaware that he was taking, regardless of that's true or not. PEDs, yeah, he was on that's that. a six-game suspension. Uh, 30 sexual assault allegations should not be the same amount. Ray Rice, six-game suspension. No, yeah, okay. Now, now I'm, I'm, I'm about, to, about to get into these other things. Okay, okay. So one thing I just want to point out, just another interesting thing, just money-wise, when it comes to the Deshaun Watson versus Calvin Ridley suspension, uh, Deshaun apparently is only losing about a million dollars off of his like $233 million guarantee contract for his suspension. Calvin Ridley losing $11 million next year for being suspended the whole season. So there's that. And then, uh, so just for reference money wise, like I think Calvin Ridley shouldn't have, the fact that they suspended for a year is hilarious. That's, that's hilarious. Uh, whatever NFL going to be the NFL. Uh, but okay, let's, let's, uh, I, I want to get to the Ray Rice and I, I want to get to some other ones that they're comparing it to where it's similar cases. So first, Big Ben. 
Big Ben in the 2010 NFL season. He was initially suspended for six games and it got reduced to four for alleged sexual assault. Now, I read into this. Prosecutors did not charge Big Ben for sexual assault, just like how Deshaun Watson was not charged uh, for his cases, although Deshaun had 29 more than Big Ben had. Uh, however, Goodell still, spended, uh, still suspended Big Ben because, quote, nothing about his conduct can be remotely described as admirable, responsible, or consistent with either the values of the league or the expectations of our fans. So that those were Roger Goodell's direct words uh, for the Big Ben suspension, uh, giving him a six-game suspension, uh, which got reduced to four for having not been charged by the justice system for it in the NFL still decided to punish him four games. So that, that was that. Then let's, let's flash, flash forward a little bit. The next suspension in that, we'll go timeline. Next suspension that came out, Ray Rice. Of course, everybody knows the Ray Rice story. Initially, he got a two-game suspension when there was video evidence that the world saw multiple times of him beating his girlfriend in the elevator. So... There was video evidence of that physical assault going on from Ray Rice. And initially, he only got two games. Yet, a couple years before, Big Ben got more games. And he was like, they, they didn't even have evidence. Now, I'm not saying Big Ben should have been suspended less. I'm just saying, how the hell are you going to punish a guy where there's video evidence of him less than a guy where there isn't? That just doesn't make sense. That literally doesn't make sense. Just based off that logic, NFL screwed up at. Obviously, Ray Rice, pretty sure, never played again in the NFL after that. But just the way that was handled, I mean, NFL, like, come on. Like, that's a bad look. Uh, so then, flash forward a little bit, next, next big case kind of in this department, Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, you had AP he, as well in 2012. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm thinking Zeke's like the next like big one that like really, really got big flashy attentions. But I, I did research on Zeke too. So, so like halfway through the 2017 season, remember the the court case got like dragged out. Alvin Kamara, same situation. His uh, hearing has been delayed to like, I think they said. Yeah, you want something. my opinion so on that? By the way, cannot, he'll be playing until then. Maybe we'll the see. The reason what why Alvin Kamara's suspension hearings got moved back is because the public reaction to this has been so bad that they moved it. They just can't deal with They can't do another. Can't they got to wait it. some time. You and know that Kamara's suspension is going to be like two games because it's the NFL. Yeah. And, and like, like this, like, okay, uh, before we start talking, I want to get back to Zeke. So like halfway through the season, Zeke gets uh, suspended for six games. Or I think it was eight games, actually. Was it eight or was eight. it six? Was eight. it eight? I gotta look this up. Initially eight reduced to six. Okay, initially eight reduced to six. Okay, better information. So initially they they suspend Zeke for eight games after his ex-girlfriend accused him of domestic violence. Once again, the Columbus City Attorney's Office. Now I will put a quick asterisk behind this because Zeke obviously played college football in Columbus. And based off the story I heard about Jack Miller, who was a 19-year-old at the time who had a DUI. I think two or one season ago after hearing how the police handled his DUI 
I can understand why the Columbus city attorney's office didn't really look into the Zeke case too much, but the Columbus city attorney's office said they would not pursue charges against Ezekiel Elliott. However, the NFL's legal experts deemed that there was quote, a substantial and persuasive evidence supporting a finding that Elliott engaged in physical violence multiple times in July of 2016 after his rookie year. So after that, they gave him an eight game initial reduced to six. So, so just real quick, Zeke and Ray Rice charged for the same crime. However, Ray Rice had video evidence. Zeke Elliott didn't. Zeke Elliott got six more games than Ray Rice on the first initial suspension. So NFL NFL's obviously has no set way of doing these suspensions. They're just you would think shit around. Would, you would think they would know by now how to handle, especially God, with no. the current situation of the God, world. No. No. But but those are those, those are the cases I looked at. And then now we're at Deshaun Watson, where he like a lot of the cases just mentioned, no, no charges found against him from prosecutors. But this time there's 30 cases. Dude, 30, 30 is <laughs> this like... This time there's 30 cases. Look, like if you <laughs> on the side of the argument, we're like, all right, there's one accusation too. Like it could be just cap. All right, that's your choice. There's 30 people saying this something's got to be true. There's not just 30 people who are getting together in a, in a group chat being it, like, it would be crazy for them to be like conspiring together. No, it's not like they'd be wake up on a Saturday morning and they have book club. and like, you know what would be fun to make race? Let's just make like Deshaun Watson. Just let's just cancel big, Deshaun. Like, let's just cancel Deshaun Watson. I mean, now like maybe in smaller number cases and there, are, there have been cases shown in the past where, yes, some, some, some of these, some of these girls crazy and they are lying. But, but thirty, I mean thirty. That's all right. All that's right. A little you, know what? you know what? <laughs> this topic's been going on a little while. I want to get to the MLB. It's a little dark. No, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, overall, I think I, I, overall with the whole suspensions, I don't really think it's my place to really talk and. I'm not going to give my opinion how long I think these guys should be suspended. I just think there's zero consistency here. There's zero consistency, but you know what? I will give my opinion. Deshaun Watson should have been suspended for longer. That's my opinion. For the year, do you think? I think it would be. I just think if he got if he got six games and Zeke's initial, what the hell are we doing? What are we saying? Suspension. The way I. It's like also if Deshaun got suspended for a year, it's not. It's not like it ruined his career, dude. No, it would be fine. I'm pretty sure that, if he gets suspended, he'd have a year off of his contract, but he'd still probably be making. The way that it's, I think, I think it should have been done is an indefinite suspension until all claims are settled, and then the NFL will figure out whatever its investigation is, and you'll be probably back by the end of the year. But that's the way I would have done it for Deshaun. For Deshaun, I would have. Well, had it did it. just get settled. There's no charges against. No, him. I, I would. I'm saying. I'm saying the NFL does its own investigation, whatever. The, but I would have an indefinite suspension until that's done. But okay, th- this is something that uh, I was. I was listening to Coach Zach Smith's podcast earlier today. His take on it. Uh, if if these cases get brought up to like the justice system, legal system, why does the NFL need to do their own investigation? Would I mean, it's always the end, dude. They always need to do their own. Invest- I don't know why. Like, like they hire PIs. 
Like now, if it's, now, if I mean, I think I think Deshaun should obviously be suspended for. I mean, that should. I mean, at least at least a year. Was it, he? He was also. Uh, he didn't play last year. Was he suspended or was he just? So he sat out. He just he and just then, sat because he didn't want to play for the. Texans. He didn't want to play for the Texans. Okay, okay. They didn't want to listen to him on the head coaching hiring. And then, like three fourths of the way through the year, this started coming out. So I guess Deshaun got really taught uh, the works by the Texans. Um, but yeah, 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 I would have suspended him for at least the year, if not more, probably more. With that, uh, ending with uh, trade deadline information. This episode is going to be a long one. Um, I'll start it off. Uh, Juan Soto, pod right now. Wish Eric Hosmer really took the team down with him. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. Eric um, Eric Hosmer. Yeah, yeah. Um, the one first thing, and I know you got things you want to say. A little bit more scared of the Padres. Uh, it's kind of funny though that they needed to trade for Soto to you know uh, get within eight games of the Dodgers instead of twelve. So yeah, it's fine. Twelve games back, but um. The uh, Fox uh, Fox Sports MLB Twitter account posted out this says SoCal superstars with pictures of the players has Soto, Shohei, Mookie, Tatis, Machado, Freddie Freeman, and Mike Trout. My question is, why is Manny Machado on there and not Trey Turner? Yeah, I mean, there's honestly way too many stars to even like list in that grouping to be honest but i mean you know what maybe they were just going off of money and contracts why why do why do the pod race wait say that list again say that list again let me think it's a picture it's a picture this picture wait wait just say it again just say it again go through this picture has shohei mookie soto tatis trout freddie freeman and ends with manny machado trey turner is not on this image but Manny yeah, Machado probably should have got slotted in there, but I mean, I don't know why the Padres have their big three on it and not the Dodgers because the Dodgers big three is better than the Padres, but you know, it's, it's okay. Also don't forget uh, Dodger fans or just MLB fans in general. You say the Dodgers have a big three. They actually have a big four. Uh, they have Will Smith. Just reminder, best catcher in the league. So man hit. So, okay. Th- these, these are my thoughts on the Padre deal. So, uh, Juan Soto is a Padre. Josh Hader is a Padre. Uh, Josh Bell is a Padre. Brandon Drury is a Padre. Josh Bell is a Padre. Padres made a lot of moves uh, in the past uh, 48 hours or so. So uh, before all this happened, though, before all these moves uh, with the Padres went down, Padres made made an interesting move in, in my eyes. They signed starting pitcher Joe Musgrove, who's Cy Young candidate this year. They signed him to a five-year, $100 million extension. So when I saw that, my first thought was, okay, it's three days before the deadline. Why, why sign, why sign a pitcher dude to an hundred million dollar deal? Like, is this, is this an indicator? Like, oh, we're not going to get Soto. So now we have more money freed up. So screw it. We'll just re-sign Musgrove now. That's kind of what I was thinking. Uh, no, that did not happen. Uh, they signed Musgrove to that deal. And then the day after they trade for Josh Hader. And one of the biggest splash moves I, I just had, did not see coming. So they get rid of Lamette in that trade, but the other three prospects I'd never heard of, a bunch of no names. So, 
but they get Josh Hader. I didn't even know Josh Hader was on the market. I, like, what the hell? Didn't I was even know surprised that was available. The Brewers traded him. So, I mean, I think the Brewers just know, like, yeah, I mean, we're not winning a ring. And, I mean, he is a free uh, – or uh, Josh Hader, he actually isn't a free agent next year. I actually don't know why they trade it. So, Josh Hader has one year of arbitration next season. So, he doesn't hit free agency until 2024. Soto also does not hit free agency until 2025. Now, Josh Bell is a free agent next year, but with those two names, I don't know Drury's situation, but I mean, whatever. But they get at least one more year of Hater after this, and then two more years of Soto at the minimum. So they get three playoff pushes with Juan Soto, Tatis, and Machado. So the Padres, my God. God damn. I, I'm not sure if, if a baseball team has had a more ridiculous 48 hours in, in like a franchise history, but I guess in franchise history. Yeah. Dodgers last year getting Trey Turner and Max Scherzer's. I, I I'll be honest. That was cool. But Juan it's not Soto the same is though. Soto Everett. Like Juan yeah, Soto is really one, the same. And this is, uh, so th- this is another thing that I'm thinking. So yes, Juan Soto does not hit free agency until 2025. There's technically two and a half seasons left with him. I don't see why you would give up. They, they did give up a lot of pieces. Abrams, Gore, uh, that other outfielder. They gave a lot of prospects for him. To give up all that, they're definitely re-signing Juan Soto. So, well, so here's the thing. Here's they, the thing. They, they're definitely they're Soto, re-signing him. Soto, at least up right now, is going to test the market when he – his contract is up. Now the Padres might re-sign him, but it's not going to be now. It's going to be two years from now. And maybe that's if Soto really likes it there. But from what everybody's heard, Soto intends on testing the market. No, yeah, his- but but like, okay, let's just say, let's just say there's a world where Soto somehow signs to the Padres and let's Maybe not. Maybe not four fifty. That that might be a lot. Let's just say it's three fifty. Let's say he he takes less than we took for the Nationals. He wants to go to a team where he has a better chance of winning. Let's say he takes three fifty. Okay, if the Padres were to do that, they would have one point one billion dollars committed to four players in Machado, Tatis, Juan Soto, and Musgrove. They'd have one point one billion dollars committed to the four of them. How do you even have that much money now? Well, uh, over time, I think on a per year salary, it's like, let me think like 35, 70, like 110, 115, 120 per year for those four players. Uh, So, I mean, like the Padres, if they, if they decide to do that, uh, at least in the near future, because Juan Soto won't be making that money. They'll have some more financial flexibility uh but like long term i wouldn't be that mad if they re-signed soto because machado's about to drop off and then he'll be on a bad contract uh their pitchings their pitchings like like musgrove is good but it's like i wouldn't be surprised in a year or two if musgrove is just a bum and there's just a different guy who's just nasty for the pot like i don't know i don't know feel free to call me crazy for saying that but like i wouldn't be that like Obviously, Juan Soto, in my like I was saying it last week, he's the best hitter in baseball. Tatis and Soto scare me. I will say that Tatis and Soto having them two discuss like I I had to talk to my brother the other day. 
for the the decade of 2020 to 2029, Juan Soto, Tatis, and Vladdy are probably going to be the best hitters for the decade. Those three. Amen. Huh? Amen. Luis you know, I, I, Rice. Okay, the dude. Okay. <laughs> The twins, woo. Twins also made some splashes, actually. They did. They did a lot yeah. of teams were making deals. Like, it was kind of funny. The, the last you know who didn't minutes. make deals today? You know who yeah. didn't make deals today? No, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. Now now, now you brought me to the point. Well, let's get back onto this. Uh, so I, I've been trying to get a bright light out of this situation, but there is no bright light. Uh, bright light. I got one. The worst fucking news I've ever heard as a Dodger fan in my life. Uh, but, like, let, let's, just, let's, just, let's just think about this. The Padres make crazy splashes. Uh, and, and how do the Dodgers respond? We Paper get Joey Gallo. Joey Meatballs. Uh, so something uh, something my brother brought up to me, kind of, kind of hilarious to think about. With Joey Gallo now in the Dodgers, the Dodgers have four of the 10 MLB players with the most strikeouts this season. And I'm going to be honest, based on how the lineup's going and how uh, Dave Roberts isn't really afraid to move Lux up a little bit, but even if Lux is last, like Lux will either be at ninth or he'll be at like sixth. sixth. But let's say there's a lineup with Max Muncy, uh, Joey Gallo, Cody Bellinger, and Chris Taylor. In, at the end Rich of the Turner's got a lot of strikeouts too, by the way. Yeah, but, but I'm not worried about that. But those four guys I just mentioned, if them four are hitting in a row, three of them are lefties, one of them are righties. A message to all MLB teams. If you just put in a lefty, it doesn't matter which one, if you put in any lefty against that that stretch of four hitters against the Dodgers, if they're ever all in a row, that's four straight strikeouts. You know, it doesn't matter who the lefty is, he'll get four up, four down. Because... I mean, they're actually like I don't know how 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 Gallo will come along. Dodgers just traded away Jake Lamb uh, today. Was it to the Twins? No, it was the uh, Mariners. Mar yeah, Mariners. Mariners. They got rid of Lamb, but like James Album is pr pretty fire. Maybe they could have tossed him in a soda. Also, uh, rest in peace, Mitch White. Thank you for your Yeah, service. sent Mitch White. I think they sent him over the border, too. He went to, I think they sent him Toronto. to Toronto. He went to Toronto. Now, Toronto is a good place to play, but uh, just instant yeah. reaction, you're like, wait, I am i don't live in the U.S. anymore? <laughs> That's yeah, honestly got to be an interesting, like, you're a going from, interesting, like, thought You're process. going from California, Los Angeles, to... Blue Canada. Jays, it's not too bad because they're contenders, but it's like getting oh, like, right now traded to the Raptors. You're like, are you that. fucking I'm, kidding me? <laughs> I'm talking about uh, not only are you going to Toronto, you're going to freezing cold temperatures. Oh, wait, that's so fun. Yeah, he's going from L.A. to Toronto. Oh, my God. Mitch White, man. You uh, One thing, okay, this is probably the last time I'll think about Mitch White for a long time. One thing I'll say about Mitch White, when Mitch White is a starter and he gets used as a starter, he's good. When they make him come out of the bullpen, he's just not the same pitcher. And I was asking my friend, uh, friends who are pitchers, I was asking him, like, what, what's really the difference? Like, why, 
why can some guys like only sort of come to the pen? Like how come some guys like Mad Bum and Lincecum are able to come out of the pen, even though they're predominantly starters and pitch like four shutout, like beginning in the fifth in the playoffs, like what's really the mindset? And oh God, it's six, five, dude. Jesus. Yeah, the uh, Dodgers just blew a lead. They were up six oh one. They actually just got that. All right, this team better have some fight in them. If they lose tonight, like I, uh, After we are. Today, in, how does the DefCon system work? Is five the worst or one the worst? Five is the worst. So I am at DefCon two right now for this season. For the next two season outlook, DefCon four. But for this season, DefCon two. But if we lose tonight, look, I on the three, I'll start considering it. We're not there yet, but I'll, I'll keep I, in my mind. I, I thought that the reason we didn't trade much was because we were going to call up maybe Bobby Miller, maybe. I, I didn't think that May is coming back. Uh, Trident's coming back. So they have guys coming back. Bruce are all, like they got guys back. coming back. Walker, even though I personally think shut him down for the year, but maybe Vargas the Dodgers up. think not. Maybe Walker is coming back, and if he does, Paul we don't Vargas need another up. starter. Hmm, what was that? Called Vargas up. No, I think they just put him on the forty man. Oh no, I thought they called him up from AAA. They, I saw he got put on the forty man. Maybe he's just on the bench day, but like, he oh, maybe. But uh, like, like outlook for the Dodgers. So I, I mean. Let, let's just think this season, okay? Let's just think for this year, okay? For that look at this season, I think Dodgers still have a 12-game lead over the Padres. Uh, Do- Dodgers will still likely win the NL West in my eyes. But in terms of uh, finishing with a better record in the Yankees, it's going to be much harder now. And this is something to keep your eye on. The Dodgers still have four series scheduled with the Padres for the rest of the season. And one of them is this weekend in L.A., I'm definitely gonna have to go to uh, go to one of those. Maybe I get to watch Joey Gallo's uh, first golden sombrero in a Dodger uniform. But uh, I I definitely need to go. I definitely need to take that in. But they have four more series with the Padres. And before the Juan Soto trades happened, I was sitting there just thinking to myself, Dodgers will I don't know four series. Let's say it's like uh, 14 games left, two three games, uh, two four games. Let's say there's a uh, 14 games left with them. I would say before the Soto trade, Dodgers will probably go like nine and uh, five. Is that nine and five, uh, nine and five, eight and six, something like that. But like when maybe not necessarily be sweeping them or anything, Tatis will come back. And I know Tatis is about to come back and just start nuking the baseball. I, I am worried about Tatis. Like before Soto, I was like, Tatis, I just know he's about to come back and just post a. 1100 OPS in his 60 game season. Like I know he's about to do it. So, but adding Soto down the stretch, I'm not sure if it's going to be a, a nine and five. I'm not sure if it's going to be an eight and six. It, it, if, if Padres start winning early series, if Padres win this series in LA this weekend, DEFCON three. Look, DEFCON three. The hope is their chemistry is just not together for this this season. That that is the hope. Like I mean, the one thing though, I just want to say, Soto, Tatis, and Machado all from the DR. Maybe maybe that's got a little juice. Maybe that puts a little pep in their step. I don't know. 
Maybe. Hater to the pen, too. That's frightening. Now, regardless of the regular season, let's say the Dodgers still win the NL West. Now, I mean, I thought we had to get through Atlanta. Maybe we got to get through San Diego and Atlanta to win the World Series and the Yankees. I mean, shit. That might be one of the toughest playoff, like, just based on how these teams are looking right now. You got a gauntlet. This is a tough-ass road to the World Series this year. And, I mean, sprinkling, I don't think they're going to be a threat. But, hey, maybe maybe if DeGrom and Scherzer come back full force, the Mets could be a little scary with, with just that today. pitching one-two punch. He was pretty good. Was uh, I wasn't pretty- watching, but uh, I was reading. He was pretty good. Uh, now this this episode has been dragging on a little bit, but uh, you know whatever, I'll let I'll let you give give us the closing thoughts uh, before before we head out. Shout out James Outman. Yeah, uh, sh- shout out call. James Outman. The Dodgers have five uh five hit uh, five minor league outfielders with like above eight fifty OPSs. I, well, yeah, I've I don't never know heard of any of them. Find these guys, but the scouting team. No, it's the most goaded scout team ever. Like the fact that after the Trey Turner Scherzer trade, they still had the number one farm system, and they're gonna by far have the number one farm system. They have a top five farm season. system right now. Uh, I don't know if it's number one right at this. I moment. bet going into next season, they're about to just bump them up. But shout out James Outman, uh, next great Dodger possibly. Who knows? Uh, but he's also acquired a couple of minor league guys. Uh, we got some minor league so pitchers. I and I mean um, one of them I was looking at. 500 on base, 950 OPS, and rookie ball, but got an 18 year old, 18 year old. Maybe uh, Friedman is maybe yeah, Friedman got, is, got is an 18 year old from, from I don't know what team, but he's looking pretty good. Uh, with that all said, been a long episode. My computer's going to die. I got to go to sleep. Uh, got camp so, tomorrow. Got camp, boot camp tomorrow morning. It's going to be lovely. Uh, rise and shine all right rise and grind we will see you all next week next tuesday don't know if it's going to be a normal tuesday uh, two lane tuesdays episode as fall camp has started we will see you guys will find out thank you guys so much for watching listening make sure to like subscribe and rate and uh water boys out go bishop sycamore